0: Alright, we're going to be controversial today, which is really just setting you up with an anticlimax. The Holy Spirit's like water. Flows. Did you, did you, did you remember that Jesus said, uh, If you believe in me, in you will become a pond of living water. You remember that? What you're nodding for, it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. That within you will be a pond of living water. No, it'll be streams of living water. Because God lives, and sometimes I think we treat God as if He's this little thing in a bottle. And so, what we've been doing as we go through Easter and the Resurrection uh, is to keep on asking the question again and again. If you do business consulting, one of the and uh, there's an exercise that uh, is called the five whys. And you take a phrase. Say, uh, Jesus rose from the dead. Now this wasn't scripted. This must uh, anyway. <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead, and you write it down, Jesus rose from the dead, you just start saying, why? 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 And the point of it is that you get this long list, and then you choose one sentence out of those five why, out of those whys that you gave for that thing, and then you start again, and you go, why? Why? And it's about drilling down to get to the essence of something, and sometimes you're just really lazy. And we live off the emotion or something that happened a long time ago and we miss out. I'd hate to get to heaven and find that all that was available wasn't even used. God is mysterious. God is very, very different from who we are. We are made in His image. So some of the things that we have in our DNA, whether we serve Him or not, reflect Him. Relationship, the desire for love, the passion for justice, those are all hallmarks of the Spirit of God. Whether we acknowledge God or not, it's still there. We call it human rights. And when Jesus rose from the dead, it was absolutely mind-blowing. A resurrection. Somebody came alive when they were dead. And we can easily just become part of it. Oh, that's the story. This is part of the liturgy. This is what we do. And not get hold of any of it. So, last week I showed you one of these, you know, what, what would you tell about this thing? It's a bit kind of uptight. See, the definition of a Christian, the definition of somebody who doesn't know God, it's real simple, is this. I am repeating myself. Somebody who doesn't pay any attention to God is just plugged into themselves. What that means is that they become the center of the universe, not necessarily unselfishly, but probably selfishly. In the sense that all meaning that they, all meaning that they attribute to life is, is, is understood through what they understand of life. You following me? Um, repeating myself. Philosophy tries to give explanations about the world starting from the human viewpoint. So wherever I stand, I look around and I start giving meaning to how life is, and that's called a closed world system. That means philosophy cannot, will not tolerate anything that they can't understand. When Jesus came into the world, he came like this. Uh, which means that he he came to say that there's, the world is not a closed system around the individual. The world is an open system of which the individual is a part. Philosophy and those who deny the existence of God, which is irrational, I, won't, I always tell you the, the reason for that, but I won't bother this time, is, is if, if you have a closed system, then everything has to happen by chance. Everything has to happen because of ways we try and explain things. But... When we can't even explain how our cell phone works or how a child how a male impregnates a female and a baby is born out of two little eggs we have no hope of understanding most things it's way beyond us so we try and do baby talk to, to explain things but we really don't know lots and when Jesus came into the world he came in to say the sister, the world is open there is a God and he was the first person who who basically showed us what humanity is meant to be about and humanity is meant to be about being filled with god's presence so that we actually manifest something we can't naturally this thing doesn't even work which is this is just probably a baptist oh there you go
1: i'm joking
0: um, now, the, the thing I was trying to say last week is when when Jesus met with his disciples. They go back to John 14 where he speaks to the disciples when he's telling them that uh, they're going to he's going to go away and he's going to send them and somebody called the advocate which will be the Holy Spirit. And they didn't really know what he was talking about. They thought You see, Jesus was living this life. What does this cord do? This is cheap plastic. And it does nothing. It just lies around. It could say, there's nothing in me of any value. I'm just long and thin, and I don't have any energy. But it doesn't understand, well, it may eventually understand, well, you're not not created to do very much in your own strength. You're you're created to be a conduit through whom something bigger than you flows. So, people who say they believe in God look like this. Before Pentecost, this is what they were like. There were people who had hung out with Jesus, but they had no power. And so Jesus had said to them in, 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 in John 14... He spoke to them, as we thought about last week, he says, "Um, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the the Spirit of truth. And then he says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. In other words, he's saying, the Spirit that I'm going to send you is going to make people who don't know me scratch their heads because it's not going to make any sense to them. It's not going to make any sense. You're going to need me to help you understand me. But you know him for he lives with you and, and, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. And so he goes on through this whole chapter. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And then this phrase that I wrote about in Trail Notes, I do not give to you as the world gives. I mean, think about that. I do not give to you as the world gives. You see, I grew up, and I'm sure most of us grew up going, i just try to sort of see God through my paradigm and my lens, and then God becomes a big me. The nicest part of me. Because if I was God, I would do this. Have you ever said that? I mean, why does God allow this? If I was God, I wouldn't allow it. Until he tries to explain the big picture and says, well, if you were God, there would be trouble, because, go and see, what was it called? The, um, the comedy... Bruce Almighty, yes. Bruce Almighty explains that really, really well. It's an old movie, but it's a powerful movie of just explaining what happens if you try to be God, what you can cope with. And anyway, Jesus was saying to his disciples, I'll send you somebody. And at that point, they're probably going, Jesus, don't leave us. And he says, I have to leave you. But they have no idea why he has to leave. They have no idea what he's got to do. You see, he's there. In human form for them, a very small group of people. And he said, I have come to save the world. And so he had to go to the cross. And the reason he had to go to the cross was, you see, the disciples, he said to them, you will do greater things than I'm doing. And so they said, how do you do it? Because you look just like us. You're just another extension cord. The only difference is, when we're in your presence, the light comes on. You have something in you that we have never seen before. And he says, that's the life of God. I am modeling to you what you were created to be from the very beginning. This is what Adam looked like. The Spirit of God lived in him in goodness and purity. His life was about being in relationship to God, not exploiting others, all those things. They had a power. And then Adam and Eve rebelled. We won't go into the whole story. Other than Sin came into the world. And what did that do? That unplugged this connection. And so for all the time until Jesus, human beings were trying to live with rules and regulations, trying to know God, knowing something about God, but they had very little transformational power in them. And when Jesus came into the world, he manifested that by being filled with the Spirit. That's why he's called the second Adam. And when he goes to the cross, he goes to the cross to take all the sin of the world which is yours and mine on himself because until that was done this couldn't be reestablished. So after the the resurrection and after he had died for the sin of the world, which is another 15 talks. (coughs) After he had died for our sin, cancelled our sin, you know the story. Many people live the Christian life as if that's all that's God's that's all that God's about. You're doing wrong, you need forgiveness. Repent. It's a miserable, miserable relationship. God is a judge, he's angry with you, you're a smart enough, or you'll go to hell. And the whole point of being Christian is that you confess your sin, and then you become a powerless Christian who now knows, now knows Jesus. And then when, you, when you're a powerless Christian and you know Jesus, but you don't have any power in you, you just start getting angry with everybody else because they're not doing what they should do. I've lived that. You know, they should know what they should do. Look, it says so in the Bible. Now we throw the Bible at everybody, and if you just do this and say this three times and put it on your fridge, then your life will change. How's it working for you? It doesn't work. We call those Pharisees, or we call them irritating, or we say, I don't want to go there, I'm not going to be like that, it's religion. And that's what Jesus came to break, because he doesn't like religion either, it's really boring. Religion is when you're trying to earn acceptance, when you're trying to please a God that you don't know. And so Jesus, when he said to his disciples after his resurrection, and he appeared over 40 days to more than 500 people. And he said to them, look, I am, I am alive. And they couldn't believe it. They believed, but they couldn't believe it. It was amazing. And he said, wait in Jerusalem. And they were still terrified. And they go, why should we wait in Jerusalem? He said, because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Now, God is a God who is continually working with us. So I wanted to just sort of Do this quick foundation and then we're going to do something else. But um, See, Jesus, God God in in, in chapter 15 is, is spoken of as gardener. When you come to Jesus, when you begin to start allowing God to work in your life, He begins to start gardening. And one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is He begins to start helping us discern what should go and what should stay. So he prunes and he digs up. I have in my garden. or I've had uh, a thing called Japanese knotweed. When I first got this house, this little bamboo stuff was at the uh, was at the front door, and I chopped it down and threw it in the garbage. Well, it's one of the most prevalent weeds on Vancouver Island and in this region. It just just you know soon there was a huge jungle. So for the last. Three, four years, I've been diligently going onto this knotweed and spraying the leaves with with something to kill it. And now there's hardly any left. I still go, because I'm a little obsessive now. I'm going to kill you, sucker. Because you have to, actually one of the ways they do is they inject into the stem of this thing so it goes into the root system. Now one of the things about God is He's not interested in just trimming the leaves of your life. He's interested in, in going into the deeper parts of your life. And like the Japanese knotweed, there's some things in our lives that takes more than one treatment. And part of what the Holy Spirit does is begin to soften us to be open to saying, Jesus, here I am, please garden. And when he prunes, he goes, I'm not a victim, and he's gardening. Jesus said that about himself. The, the, the Spirit prunes me. You see, otherwise, if you don't have the Holy Spirit beating inside you, you will settle for far less than God will settle for. You will settle for not killing anybody and going to church on Sunday. And he says, you're just a Japanese knotweed (laughs) in the kingdom. You don't do anything. You just hang around. You don't demonstrate any of my characteristics which is love and power and forgiveness and the power to heal and everything else. And every time I ask you, or every time you hear anything about that, the supernatural element of the kingdom of God, and and you being actually responsible for some of it, then you just say, oh, but I'm just a humble little cord made of plastic. And, uh, you know, I believe in Jesus, but, you know, I'm not very spiritual. And the disciples had spent a lot of time with Jesus. And he said, you're not only not very spiritual, you're not very powerful. And so he said, wait in Jerusalem so that I can release power over you. And so what happened? They go and they wait in Jerusalem, and they wait in Jerusalem, and they wait in Jerusalem. And some of them probably go, I'm going to go skiing because this is a waste of time. Or I'm going to go and work on my car, or I'm going to go whatever. And he says, wait in Jerusalem. And eventually when he... And you know what the irritating thing of bless you? What, the, the irritating thing about Jesus...
1: He doesn't say, when,
0: when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be chaotic. You're going to get really emotional. You're going to speak in a language that you're not going to understand. And everybody's going to be looking at you. He doesn't tell them that. Just interesting. The Holy Spirit just falls on them. And they start speaking in other tongues. And people around them in the streets could say, I'm, What's Peter doing speaking my language? He, he's from Galilee. He's a fisherman. He's never even been to school. And in the irrational, rational moment of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came, it was they were plugged in. Power was released. And God was making a statement. He was saying, when I plug you into me, there's going to be much about what I do in you and through you that you are not going to understand. And I want you to be okay with that. Because I want you to be a people who trust me, not your own understanding. So I ask you, when was the last time you did something that wasn't about your own understanding? You see, God said, you will love with extraordinary love. You will forgive with extraordinary grace. You will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. You said, well, I can't lay hands on the sick, I'm just this. And every time God has anything for you to do, you dissociate yourself. You might, if, you, if you're of that bent, create a theology around it so that you sound smart. But usually it's just chicken. It's usually we don't do that because... And it's usually just childish. It's, oh, so you're going to be part of the powerless many. When God says, I have actually given you power. So he says, if you lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. He said, well, I've laid hands on... He said, well, do it some more. It's not about you, it's the power that flows through you. So this is the moment where you can turn to the person next to you and say, so I guess that means you can be used by God. You're not too sure about saying that, right? You see, it doesn't depend. It's not about you. Maybe you'd like to say that to the person next to you. It's not about you. Get over yourself. I just need a cord, Jesus says. So, we could go on, but I actually asked uh, Laura to come up and speak about her. Um, Laura, Laura has been to the Supernatural School supernatural school at Bethel of ministry, which makes it very really important, but she's just an extension cord with issues.
1: <laughs> Laura, this is a great
0: introduction, so when Laura sat in my office and I said, so what was it about? She said, you know, I, and this is what I'm sort of, in, uh, give a big hand to Laura. She, to she said, uh, it was wonderful, the best thing in my life, but it's never been so painful. And what I'm trying to say, what I want, why I'm asking her to share is because she's been there for eight months and something better have taken, right? <laughs> but that's also just the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm just sending you up here because this thing's broken. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not about magic. And it's not about, oh, Jesus will do it all and I don't have to do anything. It's about us beginning to be hungry and beginning to say, God, I'm tired of just being this powerful cord. I actually want to be somebody who has a life and has some meaning and purpose. And so that was the hunger that Laura began to say, I want more. And so, Father, I just pray blessing over Laura as she speaks, and I pray openness of our hearts, that we will actually be hungry, and we won't be satisfied with what we have, because there's always more, and you're good. So, Laura, if you go.
2: Thank you. Morning, everybody. Um, Yeah, so... I got back not too long ago from my eight-month course, and um, with all this talk about the Holy Spirit, I just wanted to share specifically about um, how the Holy Spirit has so impacted and changed and challenged my life and my beliefs. Um, so, just just to let you know, um, leading up to my interview to be accepted from the school, when I was praying to God, I felt like. God clearly gave me two words, anticipation and expectation. And I was like, wow, those are significant words. There's been so many times in my life where I didn't have any of those things in regards to God and um, putting any of that, looking um, towards him. So um, those are the two words I was given. And actually on my, when I had my interview, the, the man who interviewed me, he, at the end of the interview, he said, I just want to let you know, I just feel really strongly that God has two words for you, and that's anticipation and expectation. And I was just like, whoa,
1: that's so cool. Like I had never had, I'd never experienced anything like
2: that. That I had just, it was just so cool. I was like, Whoop. okay, boost of faith. Okay, I'm going in the right, right direction. So um, I had a lot of that leading up into going to the school. And then when I got there, um, the first couple of weeks we had to pick an AMT advanced ministry training class. And there were several to choose from. And it seemed like my top five choices that I was super excited about were all in the afternoon. And I have a five-year-old daughter and she was going to school. So I was limited and I found that I couldn't make the afternoon classes. So I was really bummed because I'm like, man these are like my top five choices and I, I can't, how about number five in the morning? But nothing was in the morning. So I was literally like, and this was something that we were gonna have consistently one day a week for the whole eight months. Um, um, so um, I ended up, it was really like mini mini treasure hunts. I didn't even know what treasure hunts were. Um, so I ended up going to, to treasure hunts and and, it ends up, this is our ministry, and basically we we ask the Holy Spirit um, to give us names of people, or colors of clothing, specific conditions, um, locations, just really detailed, and we have this piece of paper, and um, the goal is just to go out and love and share Jesus with people, which... Suddenly I was being challenged right there because I'm like, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, but how much do I do this? This isn't actually just a, you love Jesus, you're a believer. Sometimes it might be a good day to, to find another person to share Jesus with. This is like, Jesus commanded this. So I realized that I wasn't really doing that. Um, so it suddenly, it very quickly was turning into something more, even when I was just kind of like, what? I just have to ask the Holy Spirit to give me a name? Or it was just... Some people were like writing, and I was just kind of like, this is weird. I've never, I just, I didn't have any anticipation or expectation for anything. Like, it was just weird. And um, so, anyways, just going through that process and just just write down what comes into your head. And um, it just turned out to be the most amazing experience of giving God opportunity and just being obedient and saying, okay, you know what? This is actually something that the Holy Spirit is available to me. He's available to every believer, and he wants to speak to us, like, all the time, all the time. And um, I just really, it was a whole realm of that I hadn't given him freedom in that area, or even trusted myself to hear God's voice. Um, So um, a couple weeks into it, I was like, okay, okay. This is what we can do. We always started off too by just like testimony of God and worship, like worshiping God, just yeah, really like affirming identity. And this is this is for every believer. This isn't an odd thing. This is a gift. This is a gift that's available to us, um, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Like Jesus is fun. Um, so and he's so creative. So so the first one, I was like, wow. I really felt like I got a picture of some water and like a. Um, of like a pipe kind of thing coming out to an area of water, and I was like, Oh, I actually really felt like I, I wasn't making it up. Like I just got a picture in my head. So I write it down, and it's, so we get in groups and we go out into the city. And I was like, I'm totally on the hunt. I am looking for this pipe and this water. Like it just I was I was just expecting to find it because I I yeah. So anyways, I found it and I found it, and I'm standing there and I'm like, Okay nobody here. Okay, here I am, God. it's like a river. And so I'm thinking, I'm just standing there. I'm like, what's going to happen? Is there going to be people coming down on a boat? Like, what am I supposed to do? But I'm in the right spot. And so, like, within minutes of being there, these two guys were standing right when I was standing there. There was a bridge, and I could see clearly there was a lookout spot, and there was two guys standing on the bridge. And I was like, ah. There's my treasures. There's my treasures. Okay, so I'm like, come on, guys. I'm totally hiking up there. Those are the guys. That those are the, my treasures. I know it's them. So um, it just turned into such an awesome opportunity to to speak to these people and share Jesus' love. And um, they were homeless, and they didn't. They had had their blankets stolen that they were using, and it was cold at nighttime. And so we got talking to them, and it was like. The idea is offering people prayer for anything, and it was just like Holy Spirit just spoke to me so clearly that it's like prayer in this situation isn't going to do much. They need to be warm at night. This is a very practical need that they have. So it was just like, okay, can we meet you guys back here at five o'clock? And it just was so clear, the Holy Spirit giving me instructions. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take an offering. We're going to go buy some sleeping bags and some food. We're going to meet you back here. And. That's what happened, and, um, and then at that point, I was waiting in the car, I'm like, are they going to show? They're probably thinking, are they going to show? And uh, so, they show up, and it was like, woohoo, they're here, we get to bless them, and then all of a sudden, it was just like, they were open. They were open to hear about Jesus, um, we got to pray for them, it was just so cool. Um, so that's one of the stories. Um, do you want a couple more?
0: I uh, want you to t- talk about why it was such a difficult time without giving embarrassing details. You know, just in terms of the process. Because you said it was the most exciting time, and yet...
2: Yeah. Um, I think just, like, so, like, thinking, oh my gosh, God is so big. Am I willing to believe that He's so big and He's limitless? Like, am I willing to believe that? Or do I just believe that in certain areas? Have I restricted Him? And, um... I guess I'm speaking for the treasure hunts because it was just such an amazing ministry to really grow in that area of like expecting God to speak and hearing the Holy Spirit. Um, but even just in that process of taking a step out of going, things popping up in me, of like, oh, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of fear of man. Okay, that thing's popping up and that's no good. I God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Okay. That's who I am. That's how I'm going to act. Um, so, um, just it was just constantly overcoming, like what's going on in my head, and renewing my mind to um, the Holy Spirit that I have access to all the time. That is, He gives specific strategies, and there's specific people that He that are made to have an appointment with you. That that we all are carrying a light that we that people really, really need. Um, and God is so creative, <laughs> like he just works in so many creative ways. Um, so yeah, I guess, um, in the path to like stepping out, there was definitely the chicken line of, okay, you know, so like some people in my group were just, it was a huge deal just to say, hi, how's it going to somebody? Me, I'm like, I'm okay in that area. I can, I'm okay speaking to people, but then I was like, okay, well, what about the Holy Spirit was saying, well, what about my name? you bring my name into this? And it was just really interesting how um, every individual, like we're called to love people, and every individual that looks like something different. And sometimes people were healed. We prayed for people and they were healed. And there was miracles that we saw. But other times, you know what? It was just, we're just giving somebody a hug. Or just listening to their story. And sharing Jesus' love that way. Um... Yeah, so, um, just, yeah, being in an environment where there's all these challenges, there's all these opportunities to, to step out, and yet dealing with yourself of like, okay, I'm fearful about this, and then saying, why am I fearful about this? What is that? And what belief is that attached to? And do I, am I happy with that belief in my life? Because actually I have a choice. Actually being a believer and a follower of Jesus, it's very empowering. We have, we have access to the Holy Spirit. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's not by your own strength. It's by the Holy Spirit, and He lives in us. So,
0: so, so, you didn't wake up one morning and find that you had all this new power and identity.
2: No, no, definitely oh, not. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> and and I have to say too, like even with like the church <laughs> women stepping out, there was a lot of rejection. There was a lot of rejection, and um, we we always at the end of our session came together and we shared We shared just as much bad as good. And it was actually an encouragement because, um, you know what? God is so much bigger than us. We don't know. We don't know how God is using us. So just because, oh, that person got healed, that's easy to celebrate and say, yay, God is good. But what about the other person that, that doesn't want to hear that Jesus loves them and they're swearing at you and trying to get away from you and actually, um, you know, there's a, a lot of hurt there. Like, what is... What does that encounter do? And is that seed, seeing that those seeds are actually just as, as meaningful um, as, as the miraculous healing. That it's all miraculous. Because it's God working through us. It's not by our own power. So you think you're different from when you left? <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Why? Do you feel more confident in Jesus? Absolutely. Yeah. Does she look more confident in Jesus? Yeah. So Grant, you come up here. I'm surprising you, yeah. seeing you here. Grant was there as well, <coughs> Grant. So you guys can share the. Uh... Have, have you? Would you say anything about this quickly? Yeah, sure.
1: Um, so the. What was the question you just asked Laura about? Ask it to me again. Um. You're way too confident. Um, <laughs> I'll make one up and you won't remember. Um, I wanted to ask
0: you, what what, what did I ask you, Laura? Laura, Laura made a comment when she was talking to me and what we, I introduced was that this was one of the most amazing times of her life, but it was also one of the most painful. Um, and in a sense, what I'm asking <coughs> and to illustrate, and you've heard my story enough, but it's is this whole not weed thing, which is that you and I have stuff in us that God has to weed out. And it's not going to be weeded out by sitting and listening to us. It's going to be weeded out as you let, and we let him work in us. And this is how he works. They actually went to a place and said, please work on us. And you don't have to go to Bethel. He can do it in in this community. But we have to have an openness to say, Lord, the psalmist says, let anything... You know, search my heart. and anything that is not good, take it from me. So that's the kind of thing I'm asking about.
1: Yeah, so I would say the, the reason it's painful is because you have to move past... You have to let down your barriers beyond the point of like, okay God, I'm going to connect with you now. If you want to access the Holy Spirit in the full, like the full range of the Holy Spirit, you have to give Him everything. And it's painful to let somebody or someone or some being know everything about you and have access to everything in your life even if it's it's the nasty stuff and the stuff that you don't want like for me I went there with expectations of some things and then expectations of like God I just don't want to touch this I don't want to touch this thing and like the very first week I was there he was like sorry that's too bad (laughs) and I was crying and it was just a big mess and the community around me still loved me and that just built my confidence in that that God actually, and the Holy Spirit actually, they're, they're not scared of the, the crap that you have. They're not scared of the stuff that's difficult and hard to deal with. And so once you, so that's why it's scary. It's because, it's because it's, you're just opening yourself up completely to, to another being, someone else. And you're being honest with yourself, I think, for the first time too. Like you have to... There's certain things that I feel like sometimes we don't want to be, we don't want even want to be honest with ourselves about how we actually feel about something, because we're we're scared that if we're honest we might not like ourselves. Um, so anyway, so that was that was the scary part for me. But once you, I think actually the scary part is the most rewarding part because once you once you deal with that there's freedom. Once you deal with the, the I don't like this about myself, I. I wish I hadn't done this, I wish I wasn't like this. Once you deal with that, and that's, that's out of the way, that just, it just, it, it accelerates the growth. I feel like personally, I have had a lot of opportunities um, previously just in, in, I've had, I don't know, I've just been an amazing church body, I've had a lot of people minister to me, um, but it was all stunted and stuck behind this wall of, I'm scared of, I'm scared of success because I don't feel worthy. Um, once I move past that, that I don't feel worthy, and realizing that I'm actually I'm just accepted for who I am, I'm accepted as a son, um, and I have that connection with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what I did, and it doesn't matter who I am, because actually, when I'm when I'm working with the Holy Spirit, He's doing it anyways. If I step out and try to give somebody a word of knowledge, and I fail, I didn't I didn't fail. I just I just didn't hear anything. Or like, and if, and if I get it right. I didn't get it right. The Holy Spirit told me. So it's not actually on you. So the I guess the scary the scary part becomes the the massively rewarding part once you actually push through it. So did
0: you find did you find that when you revealed or shared your worst thing that God was really disappointed in either of you? I mean like he, he, it was a surprise to him?
1: Well, for me <laughs> I
0: did everybody around you go, oh my word, you'd have to go home because we can't take you here?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that, is, that is, and that's the biggest thing is like, you get, you get stuff in your head and you, the devil loves when you don't share something. He loves when you keep that inside. Because that's a stronghold where he can just, in the back of your mind, he can be like, hey, probably shouldn't even speak up because you know what? You're, you've got that and you're not worthy of that. The second you share that, it's broken, it's gone. And... And so, just getting stuff out in the open, people accept you, people love you, and you, you, there's just no longer a place for him to hold on, there's no longer a place for him to bring you down. So for me, like, it, like to be honest, like, my, my stuff was really painful, my stuff was really scary. Um, and, and yours might be, like, to you, yours seems like the worst in the world. It, your stuff seems the worst. Once you share it you realize that you know what everybody has issues. Right. And it doesn't make us worse, it doesn't make us better. It just makes us people. And you were sharing in a safe place, right?
0: I mean it's yes. not sharing with everybody. It's yes. sharing in a in a secure, safe place. Totally,
1: yeah. You want oh. to share it? yeah.
2: Um for me I found that there was like just looking back throughout my life, looking back to my childhood of Areas of, that my heart was hurt and even still broken, that I was like, wow, I've kind of just pushed that down and um, just inviting the Holy Spirit and God to heal that for me. Um, and it just seemed like the more I laid down, um, the more God wanted to fill that and heal that place. And it was like, okay, we can let that go. And Jesus always said, I was right there with you, Laura, and it's okay it's okay to cry about that, it seems to be ministered to by yeah. God, and, and people are great to offer ministry to you, but Holy Spirit is the ultimate person to minister to your heart, and when you just say yes, and invite him into those scary, dark places, everything changes, and all of a sudden, your vessel becomes more pure and more open to receive more of his love. And if if you're standing there saying, Okay, God throw to me, I'm ready, I want more, I want more He's he's looking at the container. He really is. That my container it was just a process of looking at all the areas in my container that were not right, that there was lies going through oh that's a lie. Actually, as long as I hang on to that I can't be full of God's love and I can't freely give and share that to the people around me and I can't be most effective as Laura to, be, to walk into the things that God's called me into. Yeah. All right.
0: Awesome. See, what, what the disciples did with Jesus when he was living with them was he was doing this with them. So when when Peter mouthed off and Jesus went, Peter, you don't know what you're saying, they processed that. We don't hear most of their conversations, because probably if we did, we'd be shocked at some of them. So a lot of their talk around the fireside was was private, and God said, I'm not even going to put that in the Bible. And they're probably grateful. But there's enough in it to say that's how God processes. So when, when, when God released Jesus and then Jesus released the Holy Spirit and filled people with the Holy Spirit, he said, Jesus isn't walking along now in this world. We are. And he's saying, you're what I'm depending upon. I'm not depending upon your knowledge about me and the amount that you can quote scripture. I'm depending upon how my love and my presence and my power abides in you so that you are aware that when you lay hands on somebody the power of God comes on them. That I have to teach you how to walk humbly. I have to teach you how to believe. I have to teach you how to, to touch people with nothing in you and believe that I will back you up. Because everything in us goes no way. And that's why the testimony of people about the struggle to, John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. And so one of the things we want to do as a church is encourage one another. That's why we try to say, get into small groups, belong to groups, engage with people. You will never, ever, 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 ever grow. coming here on a Sunday morning, and that's it. It'll just inoculate you more. And all of us are just a work in progress, and the fun that you begin to have is seeing God working. And he even works through you. So we're going to stand and see what he wants to do today. And these guys are going to help us. So what if Jesus is here right now, which he is. I have it on good authority. He also loves you far more passionately than you actually love yourself. And me as well. I'm including that because I don't like the you thing. It's us. And I wonder what he wants to share with you this morning, how he wants to encourage you. You know the voice of God. The voice of God never condemns. The voice of God never says, Oh, I'm so disappointed in you. That's the voice of the enemy. He's shame-based and he accuses. The voice of Jesus always calls you by name and loves you. And we just want to ask the Holy Spirit to minister, which means Lord, what do you want to do? Now this is a moment where you don't actually pray for the person next to you, because that's a great way to cop out of receiving something yourself. So this is when you get to receive for you, because trust God, he'll minister to the person next to you. Just ask him. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit, just be poured out right now, speaking to each person here. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. Pray for words to be released in people's hearts. Just hear the Father. You don't have to have the second hand. Jesus is with you right now. If you're like me and you don't often get things, don't worry about that. Just say thank you. I ask your Holy Spirit, Jesus, to to fall and rest on each person here right now. God would say to you, He has nothing more to give you than He's giving you. He's filling you up if you want to be filled. He's filling you up. You are included. Open your heart to Him, not just your head. And I'm going to ask you guys if you have any words or pictures or anything relating to healing, anything you like. You can basically um, just speak it out. So let's just wait for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we, really. And I'll, I'll keep quiet. That'll be good too.
1: And is there a Brandon or a Braden here?
0: Yeah. So what Grant's just done is take a risk um, very often when the name's given out somebody will say, but I know somebody who's does anybody know somebody called Brandon? Or somebody does know oh, somebody. Yes. Yes. So give the word because it yeah. might be somebody, this might be for somebody you know. So all you do is you, you offer it and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I just felt like there was there's just something about uh, a sonship for a Brandon or a Braden and just uh, I just really feel like there was uh, maybe a lack of a father or a lack of a figure to to, to lead them through something. Actually realizing that there is that they, I just feel like they had to they had to play the role of of father or protector where they shouldn't have had to, and so that's their default now, and they don't know how to actually be led, or how to actually follow. And so that, realizing that that they are, they are still a child, they're still, still a son, and that they're loved, and there's actually a father out there who does love them deeply, and who wants to lead them and guide them, and that they are not, um, they don't have to have everything all figured out, or all understood, Because there is someone who's actually ahead of them, even though they haven't experienced in their life, uh, somebody who would actually lead them.
0: God is not rational. That's why the gift of tongues is often a way that he releases other gifts, because it's the one thing that we can actually submit our tongues and our minds to him. If you've never received the gift of tongues, you'd like to receive the gift of tongues. Just tell him and you open your mouth here or somewhere else and you just start speaking and it'll sound to you like gibberish and you'll go, oh no, I'm just making it up. So Father, I pray that the gift of tongues be released uh, in the name of Jesus. I pray for the adventurous spirit and pray that we are children who actually trust you with who we are. I break for the spirit of unbelief in the name of Jesus. And it's big blessing over my brothers and sisters. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. Don't let your life be defined by your experience thus far. Let it be defined by the promises of God calling you deeper into the promised land. Play with Him. You know, when you were born, you spoke in tongues. You were born, you rabba. nobody understood the word. They just said, oh, he's alive. <laughs> same thing spiritually. Get over yourself. Just relax. Father, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to be released. Because on that morning when that Spirit was released, those men and women experienced something inside them that they never lost sight of again. The life of Jesus, the life in them,
2: I just feel like um, God really wants to touch hearts here today at a really, really deep level, at a new level. That in Jesus' name, just break off any fear that's putting walls up and preventing God from getting to you. No fear in Jesus' name. It's a safe place. In His arms, in His presence, is the safest place you could be. There is no place like it. It's the safest, safest, safest place you could be. It's the one place that you can fill up on your love tank that nothing else, nothing else will provide like the Holy Spirit can. Right? Just pray for increase of the awareness of your presence in lives and hearts today, God. They would be over, overwhelmed at the love that you have for them today right here, right where they're at, that they would know it's a safe place. It's a safe place to talk to you, to fully, be fully themselves. You want to know everything. You want to know everything. You want us to be authentic with you, God. We want to be authentic with you. We want to be authentic children so we can receive your love and come with confidence to the throne room. We want to come with confidence to the throne room, God. We know how how loved we are as your daughters and sons. Just Thank you, Jesus, for your love bless you,
0: Lord. Bless you. Receive, receive, receive. Receive, receive. We're not praying now for something out there. We're receiving here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody's got any pain in their body? Any pain in their body? Jesus wants to heal that pain. If you've got pain in your body and it's measurable, like on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your pain? I want you to come up to the front and they're going to people who are going to pray for you. You're going to get healed in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be interviewing you. I'm the same. If you've got pain in your body, come up to the front. Those who are on the prayer ministry, you come and pray for them. You don't ask them what it is. You just speak healing over them in the name of Jesus. Um, Father, thank you that you break pain. Thank you that you break pain in the name of Jesus. So, you guys, anybody who can pray, wants to lay hands on those who are authorized by me. In other words, in this church, um, you you pray. You, you can come and pray. You guys can also pray. All right.
1: Just as you're, if you're someone has pain, just as you're standing there, just just ask God for more faith. Mm-hmm. I think that I've seen myself. There's been times where I have just felt like I didn't. I didn't have enough right now to believe for for the healing that I wanted. I just asked him for more faith and he was faithful. And I saw, I've just seen amazing things happen. So just just quietly just sit there and ask, Father, like, will you just give me enough to believe for something to happen? Thank you, Jesus.
0: So Father, we just invite your Holy Spirit uh, to minister. I pray over people who are sick in other ways. You've got other things that are going on in your life. Anything that you want, you can ask God for. Anything that you want, anything that you... If Jesus were here right now, you'd say, Jesus, I want this. You can ask Him. You see, you don't have to deserve it. He's won it for you. So He's... Jesus' greatest battle is for us to receive the goodness of what He's released. Let us welcome your Holy Spirit, Father. Let your Spirit come. I speak against pain in the name of Jesus. I command all pain to be gone. In the name of Jesus. Anybody who's an elder, anybody who's on the council, you should be up here praying. Um, Just speak Jesus' healing. You're just a little extension cord. You don't need any (coughs) massive stuff. You just need to be available. Thank you, Jesus.